Thank you for listening to Together for Peace with Reem Gunaim. Um, so, Jimena, you started in Bolivia, but you are a global citizen, so you didn't stop there. And you're still connected to Bolivia in many projects, but you are larger than life and you wanted to take your expertise and dedication to peace in every corner around the world that you could reach out to. And your strategies to really build on the resilience of fragile communities and provide sustainable solutions. So you took this to Tanzania and Kenya among the places that I can remember. Can you share with us um, a highlight from your work for, in Tanzania. What are you working on um, that you, like a highlight from your projects there or a current project that you work on in Tanzania? What's the problem that you're trying to support there? Okay, well, um, we, we always um, believe that working in partnership uh, is the best way to get to these uh, fragile communities. It's the best way to bond with these populations. Because they, they in in, uh, in the, the end of the day, uh, we can just be there, you know, to provide ideas and you know just uh, that's it. But in the, but the end of the day, they are going to be the ones uh, creating their own solutions because that's their reality. So for us, working with partners, working with amazing people who have already made a lot of difference in, in their uh, communities, and they only need uh, a partner. To work with and to, to, to do things more effect, effective, right? Uh, yeah. So when uh, we met uh, Sister Martha, uh, she's an albino uh, herself and then uh, her sister as well and um, she's from a very small community called Makiva. Uh, it's a very small uh, town but then she moved uh, when she was young to, to Arusha, to the city, and she became a social worker. And I really admire her because uh, as albinos in Tanzania, they, have, they, they suffer so much, so much discrimination and uh, they are a really marginalized uh, population. Uh, so working with people like that who have suffered uh, that type of, of uh, persecution and discrimination was fascinating. And um, I, I love Sister Martha right now, uh, you know, she's uh, uh, in Arusha with uh, 20 kids, taking care of 20 kids who are albino and some are orphans. Uh, and she took, she's taking care of them in her house uh, because of all these uh, uh, virus, the pandemic. And so th that's the kind of partners that we have, you know, people who are um, there for their community, they, you know, just unconditionally. And uh, when we started to uh, create uh, with the women in Makiva, uh, microenterprise, so they are developing and learning how to make uh, different type of products and, and so on as well another group in Arusha that she already started a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, we're just, you know, collaborating and promoting the work that she does and working together so she can make more impact uh, in, in, in those areas. So I would like to pause that for a second and highlight albinos um, in Tanzania. That's a big issue there because they are um, discriminated against. They, they are viewed by the community as, um, you know, they're associated with superstition and negative uh, attitudes that leads to discrimination against them, sometimes violence. So, um, uh, Mother Teresa, uh, sisters, um, sister, uh, Martha. Martha. Yeah, and she, she's called actually Mother Teresa. Oh, okay. yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, because of the work that she's done. Uh, through her organization, Albinos um, uh, Peace Builders, you know, so she she communicates that exactly what you said, you know, that to the community, uh, the perception that they have of albinos, changing that perception. So part of what you're supporting, Sister Marcia, was, is probably educating the wider community about the disease of albinos, like this is a genetic disease. Can you share with us, can you enlighten people about what's going on what kind? What is happening to this population in Tanzania? Why, uh, mother, a sister, Marsha, uh, or Ma Marsha or Martha? Martha. 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 Yeah. Why sister Martha is taking this initiative? Why the albino children I've seen in the picture? There was many children. Where's their families? Like, what happened to the children? Why she needs to be their mom? Yeah, she she's been working with uh, with. with um, educating the communities about uh, albinism and all that, you know, many years ago. Uh, what she's doing is protecting them because some of them are orphans or they just, they are rejected by their families because they are albino. 
So they basically just, you know, they're abandoned and, and then she takes care of them. And then the same reality in Makiba with, you know, some of the families and some of them are albino, some others are not, are just native uh, uh, people there in, in their villages. And what we are focusing now, but before COVID-19, we were focusing on the women group uh, in, in Makiba. So, you know, the, with the, all the training and uh, the products and, and everything, they were so delighted working uh, with, with all the new you know, ideas and things like that. But uh, now after COVID-19, we, we've seen like that's a really uh, important issue and, and, and that, that's where we're starting to, to work towards that. That's part also to, be, to uh, build peace. Absolutely, because uh, children should not be deprived from um, their rights to have safety and have a warm place and love um, and care for because uh, because of the disease they had no choice um, over. And so you're supporting the work of a great uh, humanitarian and peace builder, uh, mother, uh, not mother, sister Martha, sister Martha. Yes, sister Martha uh, to help the children who are abandoned by their families in many cases. So for that, Jimena, I just want to thank you for really elevating their voice and for speaking on behalf of them and elevating an amazing story and supporting that work. Um, yeah, so I just wanted you to talk about that issue because it's not very, you know, we're not aware of it on, in, in many parts of the world and we are an international uh, webinar. So I wanted this issue and thanks to you for, for the work you do. Sure. Thank you. So also, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, so my next question is about your work in Kenya. Like, so enlighten us about what is needed now in Kenya where you are supporting your partners on the ground there. You're working with a partner there. What is it that they're doing and how you're supporting them? Okay, well, um, just to, to tell you that I'm so honored to have that working with partners like, like we have. Uh, not only field partners, but also you know or other organizations uh, as as the Rotary and and, and so on. Uh, and this partnership is really interesting because it's a, a peace fellow, a Rotary peace fellow, who went uh, to class together in in uh, Thailand. And we bonded because she she started an organization for uh, empowering women, but that the 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 issues were like very different, of course. Um, uh, she focused, uh, she's been focusing and, and now we're doing it together um, in uh, women with HIV, affected and infected with HIV. So it, it is a very different reality, right? Uh, you see uh, women, of course, uh, some of them are uh, single moms, they're the, the husbands, uh, they, they leave them and they, they stay with the kids and they, they have nothing. Plus, they have to deal with, you know, the medications and nutrition. So with the, the work that she does is amazing because she actually goes uh, door by door, house by house, uh, educating and connecting people and developing uh, these strategies that, you know, we work together with us uh, uh, recently with 60 uh, women who graduated from, from our uh, joint uh, project. And you can see there the transformation also when they learn a skill, when they open their uh, micro enterprises, when they get the support that they need. In this case, a lot of them need emotional support as well, psychological support. Uh, it's a different type of trauma, you know, when, when they get this, um, this virus. So and now with COVID-19, they are more um, fragile to, to the virus. I mean, they are high risk, right? So there's just so many challenges. Uh, and, and I think that the aftermath is gonna be harder on, on them uh, because they are not resilient enough. You know, they don't have the systems, they don't have the institutions, the governments cannot do much, you know, in, in these cases. So it, it's gonna be really hard on them. So the women in um, Kenya who suffer from AIDS why do you think, how are they perceived by their community? Are they like marginalized? Like, tell me more about that. Like how they, how the community perceives them, how they are being treated. There is this stigma, you know, when, when you are not educated and you don't, um, you don't know too much about it, about the topic, you know, you're afraid. I mean, that's the, the first uh, human reaction. So what is going on with COVID-19, some, some stuff that we don't know, right? 
Um, so if you don't know enough about something, then you, you're afraid. That, and that's what happened. These communities, not that they, they discriminate them on purpose, but it's just that fear, that the stigmatization, right? So you have to really enforce that education and, and let them know that, you know, they, they are not uh, different. They are just, you know, going through, through this um, uh, illness and, and they are surviving it. So you, Jimena, offering them a platform where, so you talked a little bit about how you empowered the women um, in Kenya who suffer from HIV, uh, suffer from HIV um, through economic development and through giving them the resources to start their own initiative, economic initiatives, small businesses. Uh, so um, how does this look like? Are, do they produce, is it a restaurant? Do they open a restaurant? Do they um, produce products? Do you sell products on, for them? Like, what is, the, what is the economic model? What is the model in which they, what's their businesses look like? Right, so th that's why it's so important to, to know the community well and, and work with these partners on the field because they know and, and they do this analysis and we do this analysis uh, uh, ahead of time that, you know, what is needed? You know, what is it based on? you know, their skills and base of the, the whole economy. So some, for some of them, you know, they, they really need some uh, restaurants, you know, like, like the, the example in, in Bolivia. So uh, they, they really needed it. They needed to have some type of restaurant. So there is this an economic analysis that you, you have to uh, carry on and, and, and define, define that need. Uh, the same in Kenya, you know, uh, some of them, uh, are good producing products that they can sell to tourists uh, and some of the products that we are um, opening markets for you know we have a fair trade store so we bring some of the products that we can we import them and then we sell them to the world so that way they have more income and then their businesses can be sustainable i want you to elaborate more on this model because this is a fascinating model so basically uh, local women would produce um, products that are you know authentic to their culture to a beautiful reflects their talent and their taste of color and you know it has this touch of um, authenticity comes and of culture uh, from Kenya or Bolivia or anywhere where you're helping the women um, and then you take their products and then you put them on a website that is the United for Change website where people can buy their products for a higher price. So basically you're taking their products to a high level market where they would have more income. Can you tell us why this is important for the women who start businesses in, in these communities? Why this model is important? Why can they sell products, for example, in locally? Why is that important? and why you're helping them by providing this tool? Right, because first of all, the market sometimes are not, uh, are small. So it's not enough to sell them locally. Um, and, and then when they don't sell enough, there are products that they don't sell enough locally, they get discouraged. And because, you know, they, they achieve some uh, high, uh, level of quality, you know, of high quality, they train so much. I mean, these, these women, you know, they train a lot after they, they learn something. Uh, skill and, and so they do it all the time and they, they get so um, enthusiastic and, and then they, they it happens that they don't sell the products and not because they are not good quality or a good price you know because we also they also take an entrepreneurial uh, training uh, leadership and entrepreneurship uh, courses that you know, they learn how to price their products and they, they learn how to market them but if they, they don't sell them it's not because of, of uh, not quality. So we, we're trying to for them to open markets that are going to appreciate that product, not only as a product itself, but also telling a story. And, and you, you said that even the colors, the color that you're wearing, it looks so beautiful. That that's telling you part of their culture and and the way that they make it. You know, yeah. handmade and, and made with love. Jimena, uh, this scarf is made in Bolivia. It's made in Bolivia. It's a 100% alpaca. That's the, 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 the fabric that they, they use. And it takes, you know, hours to make one with a loom. I mean, it's not easy. You know, it's just, it's a very well, complex process. 
I want you to tell people about this scarf. Like, so this scarf I got as a gift from Jimena when we were in Hamburg at the international convention there. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the last time I saw you, Jimena. I think. That's true. Yes. It's oh, no, no. I saw, I saw you on Ontario. Ontario. Yes, yes. Okay. I was forgetting about that. <laughs> but uh, to be honest, this is my one of, if not my favorite. I think this is my favorite scarf that I have. The quality, the color is so beautiful. I get compliments all the time. And I wore it today intentionally because I wanted you to tell the story of this scarf. Yeah, here I am wearing it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we love that photo. That really represents, you know, the, how happy you were wearing it. <laughs> yeah, I was fascinated by the story of the scarf. So when a woman in Bolivia makes the scarf, tell us how much time she puts into it, the material, like how this is a high quality product that is just doesn't have the market for it in, in Bolivia, but it has a market for it in, in Europe or the US or internationally. And your United for Change store offers that opportunity for buyers to, to access this quality product in honoring the craft of, of women who make it with love. So can you tell us how much time does it take it? And like, just tell us the story of the scarf of this, this scarf, um, I would say like it takes more than eight hours, if I'm not wrong, um, you know, eight hours straight, you know, uh, doing one. Um, but again, like it, it's so hard that they have to do a lot of practice, a lot, you know, with different, because alpaca is, is pretty expensive uh, itself. So you have to really be careful not to uh, make mistakes because then you have to do it all over again. Um, so yeah, it could take like eight hours, eight to 10 if I'm, and, and the, everything is manual and also using looms, um, wood looms that, that don't need electricity, you know, so that's a very, um, very hard, uh, skill to learn. I mean, I couldn't do it, you know, I just, it was hard. Uh, but we have a great team uh, in, in Bolivia. We have uh, the, the Rotary uh, San Jorge in, in La Paz, for instance, uh, they're wonderful. Um, in the, and the teachers and and then the, the, the same women who became leaders you know they're the ones training others uh, other women and also men you know some, now their husbands uh, work with them so that's beautiful to see that you know family together and working as well so we want to open markets for them and that's the whole point and we have beautiful stuff also from from kenya we have stuff from Tanzania and then we're welcoming other micro enterprises that are owned uh, or led by women from all over uh, so that's something that we're you know transitioning not only uh, with our uh, own products and our own training but also opening the doors to others so if you would like to summarize the mission and of United for Change. I've alluded to it in the introduction and through the various stories, but I wanted, if you wanna summarize your mission on like what is United for Change stands for and what is it that you're trying to do with the mission of, of this amazing organization? Thank you, Reed. U4C was born out of a passion for people like that, like they're marginalized and fragile in, in these type of communities. Um, we, we are here today after so many years uh, to promote social justice in these places and also promoting social uh, sustainable uh, peace because we realize as a, as a peace fellow that uh, everything that we do is so connected to that goal, you know, so we're promoting sustainable peace, we're promoting the pillars of positive peace because by the end of the day, it's not only about uh, wars. It's not only about conflicts, but also about creating these elements that are going to, you know, uh, uh, reach a sustainable uh, peace. So that's what we're doing. And we do that through, again, a highly collaborative partnership. I mean, if, without that type of partnership, strategic partnership, uh, we, 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 we wouldn't be able to exist. Yeah. So, Jimena, I, I mean, you, all the great work you've done, you, part of your journey, an important part of your journey is the fact that you are a Rotary Peace Fellow. And I wonder, uh, how did you become a Rotary Peace Fellow and how the Peace Fellowship Program has helped you with your mission? Uh, maybe let's start with the second part of the question and then we can, re you know, reflect back on your story of joining. Sure, so, yeah, how does the Rotary, did the Rotary Peace Fellowship Program help you 
do all these great things around the world? Like why, because you, you mentioned to me how important it was for you to be a Rotary Peace Fellow. So how that fellowship helped you do the work you're doing today? Yeah, that, that was, I mean, it, it uh, itself is a life-changing experience, you know, to, to, to meet people from around the world who have the same values, the same passion, uh, they're doing an amazing job and you learn from them. Of course, you know, we had amazing professors and, and so on, and, uh, but it was just the people, the, the relationships that, that we uh, were able to, to build and that trust, you know, because when we work with partners, like, you know, in the case of even Bolivia, Tanzania, we needed people that we trust. Uh, so that relationship has to be there. So when we did, uh, when I had the opportunity to go to do the Peace Fellowship, that was an opportunity to meet people uh, again with that same passion and you just connect and you, you speak the same language, right? And, and then you validate. You say, well, you know, what, what I am doing, uh, it is related to peace in a way. You know, it's just, it, it's everything that goes towards something sustainable and it's related to peace. It's, it's nothing disconnected. It's not disconnected. Yeah. Uh, so you, you learn so much from it. You learn from your peers and uh, you, you build friendships, uh, you know, like, like we have and, and that stay forever and then you learn how to do better and be a better leader too so you go back home and and do things better so. absolutely mm -hmm. so the peace fellowship program reaffirmed your faith in the work you're doing and also expanded your um network uh to meet to to meet people from different cultures and different people and it's in a way helped you become even more of a global citizen that you are today um absolutely yes. so Jimena, I want to go back to Bolivia and because like you are a global citizen, so you are connecting people. Tell us about your um, initiative with the um, alumni in Harvard and how you are with them and with United for Change um, corresponding to the coronavirus in Bolivia and in other places. But I think we can highlight uh, Bolivia as an example because that's the initiative with the Harvard alumni. Um, right. So I would like you to share because you're helping fragile communities and coronavirus is impacting them more than ever now. So can you um, educate us about this initiative and what you're doing now to tackle that issue? But before we go in there, uh, we go there, I want to answer the first question about Rotary, about okay. my relationship with Rotary, because I think that's important, uh, my, that relationship, you know, not only as a Peace Fellow, but because I, I was an interactor myself and I was a Rotaractor uh, when I was young and then I was a, a, a Paul Harris uh, fellow as well. And so my connection and my work with Rotter is very, very um, strong. And then that, I want to emphasize that since you know, our audience are all Rotarians because we, we have that. We share I, am, that. I will I'll go back to it because I have tons of questions about Rotary to come. Really? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So I just wanted to. Um, well, we can actually continue on the the rotary conversation, and then we can attack the, the other question later if that's what you feel comfortable doing. Is that better for you? No, whatever you you decide. Okay. I just wanted okay. to. I didn't let's, want to forget. let's continue on the rotary uh, path. Okay. Um, so, so with the rotary, you also have started this initiative. Uh, taking Rotarians to Bolivia to start initiatives and uh, with Rotarians and uh, advance more global grants. So can you tell us the story about your collaboration with Rotarians um, in Bolivia and how did that work out um, eventually? That, yeah, that, that's a very important question because we, you know, again, we've been helping Rotarians to get connected again to these communities and do things in a very um, strategic way, you know, the, the, from the very beginning of a project uh, through the implementation to the uh, evaluation. So, you know, we work together and then we started the service abroad program. Who, we bring Rotarians to, to, to do the work. I mean, they do a lot of work with us, you know, um, the, the Rotarians in, in Bolivia as well. They have wonderful clubs. The one that we work with is San Jorge. It's called San Jorge in La Paz, but also I had the opportunity to meet uh, uh, people from other clubs, uh, the district and so on. 
so yeah, that that relationship is so important. But but having them the connect, uh, be connected, that that opportunity to work together, that is so important um, because. You know, even if you read the project on paper uh, a thousand of times, and it's a wonderful uh, project, if you don't do the work and you don't go there uh, as a Rotarian, you know, that's, it's not going to have the same effect. So yes, we, we brought so many wonderful Rotarians, and the impact was, uh, is amazing. Uh, one of our advisors uh, is Rotarian. We have a, a very uh, centric uh, organizational centric uh, of Rotarians on my board as well. Yeah, our medical director is a Rotarian. And my advisor, Bob Reed, who is, um, who actually the, the Women's Center uh, has his name. And that was because the women love him and then they, they wanted him to be, uh, the, the, his name to be there. So is that's Bob, an example. Is Bob on the call? Excuse me? Is Bob here watching you? I hope so. I don't know. I cannot see who's who's so. Well, if he's not watching, maybe you can. We he's can. Here. He's here. Okay, Bob. Oh, okay. Wanted <laughs> <laughs> to make sure he wanted to make sure he knows that you appreciate that the women in Bolivia are so appreciative of of him and his um, service. And to me, that's that's to me what a Rotarian, a true Rotarian, is is really. Oh, that's Bob. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look at this. This is a beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, he, he went to Tanzania as well. And uh, the same. I mean, he, he has a, a wonderful spirit. And uh, it's a simple. It's one a of our advisors. We're blessed as a Rotarian as well. To me, this is a great symbolism of what a Rotarian is about. To me, a Rotarian embodies a great character. Uh, people don't remember really uh, your resume, they don't remember your bank account, they don't remember all these awards, blah, 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 blah. They remember how you make them feel. And, exactly. and to me, when, when the women wanted to name the center on behalf of Bob, I, I believe they've done that because of how, respect, how much respect and care he showed for them. Um, and it, uh, to me, that's a true Rotarian. Um, and those are the people in Rotary we look up to. So I just thank you, Bob, for for conveying a great example of a Rotarian. Um, so Jimena, going back, I, you know, we're blessed to be working with great Rotarians, um, yes. you know? And so you, what you said, you were also an interactor and, uh, and now you're a Peace Fellow and you were a Rotor actor? Rotor actor, yeah. A rotor and a, a, a Paul Harris Fellow too. Yes. So for the people who on the call, for, not from Rotary, those are all amazing, memberships and um, volunteering opportunities that you take since you are in like in in school like uh -huh. in school, elementary school like high school high school yeah. and like yeah. free interactors yeah. high school so you've been you've been since you were a little girl like <laughs> in yeah, and, and really they, they teach you a lot of skills of leadership and entrepreneurship and that's when you know that spark that that desire to to uh, be a social entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneur in the end. Okay. And so, Jimena, back to the center that Bob has, that is named after Bob. Um, what is the center offers? What kind of services they offer to women in Bolivia? Like, is it a training center? Um, yes, it is, it is a training center. They, they offer different type of courses and they uh, actually, they graduated last year from like a very intense program uh, from you know bakery to culinary arts uh, through uh, serigraphy, uh, you know the printing that is like male-dominated industry there, but like a lot of women were encouraged enough to go into that industry. Then they have a sewing, uh, they have the, the looms and, and everything. So it's a very nice setup, and there was you know the Rotarians working a nice mural with a, with commitment hands uh, and. So, you know, they work really hard. We had uh, almost uh, 400 women graduating uh, last year. So that was, a, that was a big deal. And so they go there and also that serves as an incubator because they, that's where they practice for, you know, to, for their own businesses. They have all the entrepreneurship uh, training there as well. And they, so they use the center for, for that to, to initiate their, their ideas, you know, their, their concept uh, of what they're gonna do next. 
so it's just wonderful. And they have their meetings there, and, you know, they, they do their products and, and so on. So it's a wonderful center and it's a beautiful, beautiful town, you know, surrounded by all these mining cooperatives. So Jimena, I want to take you back again to the Peace Fellowship. Um, and so you, how did you know about the Rotary Peace Fellowship uh, program? Well, that was when, uh, when I was working with, uh, with the club uh, in, in New Mexico, Hobbs, and I, I started, we started to work with uh, two uh, clubs, uh, Hobbs and Lovington. They've been supporters and partners for a long time. And when I was working with them, there was a magazine, you know, the Rotary magazine, and then they, they were advertising and there was an article about uh, Peace Fellows. And I said, well, you know, that, that, that seems like a very interesting opportunity. And that's when, you know, um, the club uh, decided to, to endorse me and the district approved and it was, it was a wonderful thing. Yeah. That's great. So the, your work with New Mexico, I, you and I were supposed to actually go to a conference there, but because of the COVID-19, we, we can't go anymore, but I think we might have a virtual kind of um, event with hopefully, yeah. yeah. Um, a wonderful Rotarian as well, Yale Jones, who hopefully is hearing the call and he's been amazing as well, supporting Peace Fellows and supporting all, all the work uh, of U4C and, and as partners, he's been wonderful too. And, and so many, so many that, you know, will be a long list. Yeah, I know, I know Yale, you know, because he's a great supporter of the Rag for Peace as well. And, and me, he's a great mentor. I consider him my um, American father. Uh, he's, he's an amazing, amazing Rotarian. Um, yeah, we're happy that you're on the call too. So, Jimena, um, <laughs> so, I want to go back to the question about the COVID-19 and, you know, um, what you are currently doing for people in Bolivia to help support them with the, the Harvard alumni. Like, tell us the story about how did that happen? Like, what is the initiative and how it came about? That's great. And yeah, that's actually a partnership that we started with uh, uh, when our advisor, uh, Dr. Reed, uh, who is an alumni of Harvard. And then, uh, it, you know, in their class, they have uh, two people who are working with the governments, uh, with the health ministries uh, in Bolivia and in Ecuador. So we, you know, they, they form a, a committee to start this uh, partnership and this fund uh, to help uh, the emergency in these two countries who are going to be the most affected. I mean, all countries are going to be affected, uh, you know, and, and when we talk about fragile communities and uh, these fragile populations, they're going to be impacted the most. But um, in terms of, of Ecuador and Bolivia, they're already showing, you know, high levels of uh, of cases and also some that are not reporting. Uh, so it's gonna be really challenging. Uh, so we decided to, to, to do this partnership to help uh, these uh, two countries. So what is the problem in uh, Bolivia? Is it like people don't have access to food or, or water or to healthcare? What is the problem that you're trying to work with um, along the uh, Harvard alumni to address? Address. Um, I think that the the, uh, the best way to go is to, um, of course, focus on the rural communities, because those are the ones. And, and we're a Bolivian, in, not Ecuador. Ecuador has also a large population of indigenous, but Bolivia has like more than sixty percent uh, indigenous populations who live in rural areas, very isolated places. Uh, we actually have also water projects and san water and sanitation projects uh, with these communities that they don't have any type of uh, health systems in place. You know, they have to walk maybe four or five hours to get to a, a health post, not even a clinic. So can you imagine, you know, how devastating is going to be the effects of COVID-19 in these areas? So we're, we're going to focus on, on that and also on the, on the you know, emergency needs um, that are going to happen, you know, the PPEs that are so needed everywhere, uh, medical supplies, the respirators, uh, and so on. I mean, there are going to be so many things. And, but right now, the fund is going to help to address that, address what is not being addressed. And is that the same? Um, also, you're helping uh, 
women in Kenya, I believe, responding to COVID-19 by providing some assistance. Yes. What, kind of, what kind of assistance you're helping them? The, the same. Uh, right now we open uh, one for the Harvard alumni uh, that we partner with. Uh, we, we have a fund, so we established a fund. And then we established another fund, an emergency fund for our field partners. So, it, and, and again, it's just, you know, things, supplies and, and also food, because in some areas there, there is food insecurity already. So they are going to suffer double, uh, you know, with COVID-19. So anything that is an emergency, um, in a, whatever, like, like the kids, for instance, they needed blankets or, you know, food and, and some supplies, uh, things like that, that they are going to need now as an emergency. Uh, and, and that they don't get, they cannot get help from any other uh, source. So currently, Jimena, you're working on a global grant. Um, and what is the, the grant or the project that you're currently working on? Because I'm trying to share this because how can I'm asking you, how can Rotarians on the call uh, be engaged in supporting your efforts mm -hmm. to help uh, vulnerable communities? So if you want to share with us a little bit about this project that you're working on. Yeah, so we have so many opportunities for Rotarians to join us and be part of, of all the transformational work that we, we're doing with them and be part of the, uh, this journey. Uh, before COVID-19 and you know, still open projects, we have one, uh, the continuation of the economic development a global grant that we had before. And it was for, uh, for a network of microenterprises owned by women. So kind of like going to the next level and helping them, you know, producing more and even export the products in more bigger quantities. Uh, that was one, the continuation again. Uh, we had another one for domestic violence because that was, that's, some, that's an issue um, everywhere, but in Bolivia, they have the highest incidence of uh, femi femicides, like uh, killing women uh, in, in South America and domestic violence in general. Uh, then uh, we had um, uh, we have uh, water and sanitation projects for two indigenous communities. Remember, we were talking about that. And then we have an, a project in Kenya, the one for HIV um, affected in, and infected by HIV with our uh, with Elizabeth, uh, another Peace Fellow. Uh, that one we're looking for an international uh, club. Uh, you know, we, we, we have the, the project ready to go, but we need that international club to step up and say, well, we want to be part of it. And that's also transformational. We already have the, the pilot project for, for 60 women, and then we're, we're going to have a bigger impact even. Uh, we, we are working with, uh, with Makiva. We don't have any, anything with Rotary, with, with, um, uh, club there in, in, in Tanzania, but you know, if they're interested in, in uh, connect, con contact us, that, that would be great. And then the one that excites me the, the most um, is the one for peace education uh, of young people with uh, working with uh, new gen uh, peace builders, other peace fellows, mediators, beyond borders. There are peace fellows also working with uh, peace education. And uh, it's fascinating because of the conflicts that happened last year in Bolivia young people show uh, show up and they, they made a dif big difference in democracy uh, in Bolivia. So for us to have the opportunity to work with uh, peace education and, and empower young leaders is, is amazing. So that's going to happen also uh, thanks to the support and, and anyone is welcome to partner and work together. Now for COVID-19, we have the, uh, the emergency funds. We have this fund with uh, the Harvard alumni that is a much larger and uh, a bigger level. And then uh, we're working on um, messages for peace with all the peace fellows uh, sending you know, messages of uh, peace, hope, and resilience that is, is so important right now uh, because the small messages have a, better, a bigger impact uh, small actions can have also a big impact. So, Jimena, we will tap more into this in the Q&A because I've seen people asking about this. Um, okay. So, for everyone who's uh, interested in learning more about Jimena's project, please uh, make sure to reach out to Jimena. Anna will type um, Jimena's email in the comments below in the chat box. And also, she um, please make sure to answer our survey also, um, if you really enjoyed, we will open this shortly for Q&A. If you've enjoyed this conversation, 
please um, make sure to ask people to join the Rotarian Action Group for Peace, encourage, take action uh, to reach out to Jimena, encourage more people to join the RAG, join our Peace Voter Clubs program and donate to the RAG so we can continue to give you this uh, platform where we elevate peace builders and connect you with global peace leaders like Jimena. Um, I, and so now I will open it for Q&A because it's uh, okay. three. And let's see what the audience would love to learn more from you, Jimena. Um, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, how, so Mark is asking, how is access to HIV treatment drugs for poor women in Kenya? Do you know anything about access to HIV treatment drugs for poor women in Kenya? I don't know exactly the access to drugs. Uh, the organization Women uh, are Rising for Hope, um, they are focusing on nutrition, the nutrition side of it. Uh, but no, I don't, uh, we wouldn't deal with the, the part of medication and, and so on. Um, you have a question from Yale. Uh, so he says, Jimena, please tell us about the new Peace Fellows initiative that you are coordinating. I think you alluded to it a little bit. So can you explain to us what is this initiative and why it is important and timely now? Yeah, I think he's, he's referring to the, uh, to the messages, messages of hope, uh, uh, peace and resilience. And it's just, you know, something for, for Peace Fellows to to tell the world, you know, uh, just the, the, the small messages, you know, and tell the story because that's part of, we have a, a very, um, a very uh, interesting uh, Peace Fellow who is an expert in storytelling and also in a class that I participated in Stanford. Um, you know, they talk a lot about how, how storytelling impact, you know, with, with just few words, you know, even six words, you can make your, your journal. Uh, and that's what we're doing. We're writing a journal of, from our perspectives as, as Peace Fellows because we are on the ground, we, we, we are seeing the reality. So those messages of hope and resilience and, and peace, that will resonate with the rest of, of Rotarians and the world. So that was a very interesting initiative of my class, but also by all, uh, all Rotary Peace Fellows. Yeah, you've sent to me, um, I received a link from your organization asking me to write my message. So I have to think about it over the weekend as well. <laughs> so Okay, wonderful. Yeah, we have until April the 30th. Awesome. Okay. Um, now I have a question from Bob. He says, Jimena, you uh, pursue such bold change for disadvantaged people around the world. You endure personal stories of tragedy, overcome severe resource constraints, and catalyze such meaningful change. Where do you draw strength to rise to these challenges? That's a great question. Where do you get your strength from when everything is challenging? It is challenging. It's not easy. And I think I'm blessed. I have a, a wonderful family. They are my partners, starting you know, with my mom, who's actually the author of, of the book that we use for literacy in, in uh, Bolivia right now. Uh, we have, you know, we work with my sisters uh, as partners as well, doing amazing work as, uh, you know, in the health uh, side of it, in the economic side. And also my, my advisors, uh, of course, friends that I have a really strong support system for, from friends and also Peace Fellows that became really good friends. And my advisors, uh, my advisors, my board of directors are amazing. Uh, so I just, I'm, I'm blessed. So, you know, anything that I, I, I have challenge, challenges with, I go to them and, and they are the ones who push me to do more and better every time. So you find resilience in having your community of family. So yeah, so yeah. That's, your family is your resilient community. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, so Bob also asked a good question that actually I didn't think about. Why United for Change is named United for Change? What the reason behind the name? The name, yeah, that, that is interesting because, um, you know, and this is, and you're gonna agree with this, Reem, as a leader, you cannot do uh, things yourself, you know? You need partners, you need to do it with other people. You, first of all, you need a team, but also you need other entities and the four, Number four represents, uh, that represents all the entities in, in society that have to be responsible of making changes uh, in one uh, community or in one country. 
so by, by connecting all of them, uh, then you can make a really uh, true difference, a true difference. So um, here is a great question from Bob Smith. He's saying, are you working in Uganda? It's a simple yes or no. Do you work in Uganda? No, no Uganda. Not yet, but maybe. Not yet. Yeah, if we, <laughs> if we find that key partner. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, so Sergio uh, Palma, he's asking, how can we be part of United for Change? So obviously people are excited about your mission and they wonder how can they be part of it? Oh, there are so many ways and I would love to connect with those who want to be part of us, um, this experience, this journey. Um, first of all, of course, we have these service abroad opportunities and right now we cannot travel, but there is going to be a time where we can actually go. We have planned to go to East Africa uh, in by the end of the year, maybe, you know, it will happen next year. Uh, so that's one uh, possibility. And then going, of course, to Bolivia to, to oversee and work with the project. And there are so many ways in, in like people, and especially Rotarians, can be part of it. Just, con just connect with us. So you have another question from Nick. Uh, Jimena, I found it surprisingly difficult to recruit potential Peace Fellows. Any suggestions? To recruit recruit so um i think the application for the rotary peace fellowship program is now open mm -hmm. for people and i want to give uh, a shout out to the peace centers and everyone uh supporting the rotary peace fellowship program both jimena and i are um, graduates of this program um so jimena do you have any ideas on how uh, to make it easier for nick to recruit uh rotary peace fellows do you have any tips mm -hmm. or suggestions I think um, it would be important to focus on the impact and testimonials and connecting. Like if, if you want, if you see someone who has a potential to become one and then connect that person to one of us, you know, to, to any other uh, Peace Fellow to actually talk about the impact because a lot of people are afraid of committing the time, you know, because you're, you're a practitioner uh, if you are in the executive uh, part of it, right? If you, if you apply for the three months or uh, Thailand, that, that those are more for practitioners. And sometimes, you know, you get so busy and uh, it's just impossible in your mind to dedicate or just travel somewhere else for three months, you know, without working. So that's, that's the challenge. And so people are afraid, but they don't know that the, the impact that that could cause in your career and in your, your life. So if you show the impact, that's important. I think my suggestion for you, I agree totally and fully with Jimena, my suggestion for you is to actually share this webinar with um, the Peace Fellows that you, the potential Peace Fellows you're trying to recruit because Jimena's story is such an incredible story of a Peace Fellow and how that um, program, you know, helped advance her career and her uh, mission um, globally. And so I think listening to Jimena's story might be a great aid for you to convince someone to say, you know, she, Jimena is an inspiration. Um, and also, yeah, so she's one of the, and so I would encourage you to share the stories of Peace Fellows out there. And this webinar is one tool. I know there's uh, stories in the Rotarian magazine. Um, mm -hmm. There's stories uh, published through Rotary about Peace Fellows. So that's a great way to start. And promote the peace fellows that are doing inspiring work. Uh, Bob is asking another. Oh, Maria, uh, Bob, I'll get back to you because I asked. Uh, I need to ask uh, Maria's question. Uh, taking into account, this is from Maria. Uh, taking into account that you focus on women, which tools do you use in order to empower them? Do you use any tools to empower women in particular, Jimena? Uh, in terms of, of what we, we work with them or offer them. Yeah. Okay, first we, we listen to them because one way to empower someone is to listen to that person. What is that they really uh, want? What, what are the challenges that are going through life, right? So that's the first step for me to empower someone. Uh, so there are many, many ways that, that our model is based on, on the pillars of education, literacy, access to healthcare and economic development or economic opportunities, because those are the elements that are going to make you um, a person, you know, that will be economically independent 
and also uh, uh, healthy and also informed. Like if you, if you know how to read or write, then you can, you can get the right information, the right support. Uh, so those are, are the ways that the holistic approach that we use as well for empowerment and of course leadership, you know, that comes with it. I love this idea of holistic approach because you are tackling, you want to build on their resilience. So um, you, you can, for example, uh, ask them to be leaders if they can't sustain their own situation or their family. So like really building the positive pillars of peace through tackling the problems in a sustainable way, in a holistic way. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Nick, um, Oh, we've answered. So the last question that I have is from Bob again. He's, it is amazing how United for Change empowers and supports Rotarians with global grants. Can other clubs reach out to United for Change for support for their global grants? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Um, I think Bob wants you to maybe share more about the possibilities of collaboration between Rotarians and United for Change around global grants? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question because over the years, we, we know we've been working so closely with uh, Rotary and as, as Peace Fellows. So uh, if there is an opportunity to work together in a different global grant uh, for the implementation uh, and, and moving beyond that, that's totally, uh, we're totally open to that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so, so many good things that Rotarians do um, that is, you know, it would be a shame that they, they are not actually implemented. Um, oh, we have one more question from Carla. I think you've answered that somewhat. Um, Carla asked how Unite for Change is helping in this pandemic and COVID-19. I think we've answered that question earlier. Yes. Um, yeah, we've answered that, Carla. Um, so I want to ask you, since we have some more time, especially with people interested in recruiting Peace Fellows, mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you, Jimena, about what really inspired you um, to be to be in, involved in global development and why you chose that field uh, to to be a big part of your life and career. Well, but, uh, as you know, I was telling you the other day that you know, my background is in business, right? Uh, but they were like things that trigger, uh, you know, when I was growing up, and we talked about that earlier. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, it was just constant. You, you could you could see and you could you could live uh, even in the city. You could see the disparity and, and extreme poverty. And if you travel, you know, to the rural areas, uh, it was just a really a really high inequality. And and I, I never thought that that was fair. I, I think we all deserve opportunities. We all deserve to live in peace. You know, with we, and happy and, and have the necessary, uh, the basic things, you know, like being able to go to school, you know. So all these things that I've experienced when I was growing up. And then when I uh, was taking a class actually that, uh, with, with a professor who's, who's today one of my advisors, uh, it was a Harvard program in, in my university. And it was about public policies, you know, and then we talk about all these international challenges and I started getting fascinated. Then when I moved to the US, I took a class uh, with this professor that I told you before of um, international business in St. Thomas in Houston. Uh, he unfortunately passed away, but he was a huge inspiration because he uh, was so passionate uh, about these issues. And he actually started a school in Peru and he died when he was going to the inauguration. So that was pretty, pretty sad story. But in the end, the inspiration that he he got that spark, you know, and of course my, my mom and um, all the stories and uh, that, that trigger the passion, uh, so, you know, they, they, you have to somehow be the voice of people who have no voice, you know, who are, uh, they're not victims. They are not, uh, they just don't have the opportunities. I don't want to see them as victims either, uh, but they are just trapped in this, you know, cycle of uh, either poverty or conflict and, uh, that that's not right and we have to do something i loved what you shared with me about your professor you know mm -hmm. he's a very prominent in research and yet he you told me how he pushed you do you want to talk about this what he asked you to do you said he kept pushing you he started like he's done research he but he felt that he needed to go and start a um 
a, um, a center, educational center in our school in, in Biru. So tell me what he told you that inspired you to do the work you do and like, and how he is an example for you, a role model in, in what you're doing. Yeah, last time I saw him uh, alive before he, he went to Peru, he, we had a conversation and I was, you know, I was about to graduate and, you know, before I had, uh, I was exposed to work with the United, uh, United Nations Association, at that time UNDP, and then uh, 10,000 small businesses, all my, my work, uh, I didn't know where to go because I was so passionate, but then my, my uh, background was in business and I really wanted to do business. But then he told me, you know, more than, than uh, just do research, more than reading, uh, actions are what, what, what matters. I mean, if, you, if you're really passionate about this field, you have to act, you have to do something. And you have that entrepreneurial spirit, and so you have to do something. And that's how, you know, really inspired me to, to at least start with that, from, from that research to a pilot project, and then that you know, spark everything else. Uh, in the, in, in then the award with the uh, uh, Clinton Global Initiative as well, and my relationship with them that, that opened doors. Mm -hmm. um, I have really beautiful words from Bob and Yale. I'll leave them until the end to share them with you because we still have about 15 minutes. Uh, so wait for them because they're very, <laughs> very thoughtful. Um, I wanted to ask you about your dream, Jimena, and like, what would you like that the impact that you'd like to leave on the world behind you? Like, what is it? What is your dream or hope or impact that you want to leave on the world? I love the word resilience. And I think a lot of people are using that. And I think we can relate to that at any level. You know, we as individuals, you know, how resilient we should be or we need to be. Uh, and I think my dream is to, to be able to help these these groups or, or these communities or these populations to be more resilient that uh you know because their their whole existence is is threatened by, by you know all these shocks and pandemics and maybe we're going to have more of that but how resilient they can be um so yeah that that, that will be my contribution in the world hopefully um, to make these communities be resilient and that's something that you cannot see overnight. Uh, it takes time, it takes years uh, to see that transformation or measure that resilience, but uh, that's my dream. Also, we've talked a little bit about the fact you are a founder of your own organization. And we talked about like, you also you talked about your dream to not be the CEO or like to hand this to someone else. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. So my family and I founded the organization and we always talk about, you know, that, uh, that we always share with you the found, founder syndrome, you know, that you just want to be in the organization and you just take care of the organization. But this, this is a, a nonprofit um, organization that uh, has to keep going even if I'm not there, even if my family is not around, but really making good, good work in the world. And that's in order to be sustainable that's the the the, the goal is to have a, a strong organization making effective impact um and, and keep going so why why founder syndrome is bad to begin with like why do you think you don't want to be like a, in, a, in a founder syndrome situation why is that something you don't want at all what what what, what where are you coming from <laughs> Um, it's not that it's, it's completely negative. I think it's just normal, you know, for, I've worked with, with so many entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, with small businesses and nonprofits and, and we all share the same, you know, tendency. It's not bad. It's just normal, but you know, you have to move beyond that because if you don't move beyond, then you, you uh, tend to maybe control everything, uh, that maybe you, maybe that you're losing other opportunities you know what i mean uh so i don't think it's bad it's just something that uh it, it doesn't allow you to be sustainable in the end you cannot be there forever also you shared something interesting uh, when we talked about the baby like every like the founder thinks right. that organization is their baby <laughs> and and then you said something about but the organization might not be a baby 
after a while, it should like the way you treat a baby is not the same way you treat an, an, an adult a or a teenager. Exactly. Yeah. As 18 years old, you know, they have to be more independent. They just have to do and And all the values are what the, this kid is going to bring with him or her, right? Absolutely. And that's what, that, that, that's kind of the analogy. And, and I think it is a good analogy because, you know, your business or your organization tends to be your baby, but then they grow up, you know, they, they grow. And that also matches your uh, values about sustainability and resilience, because mm -hmm. part of, um, you know, sustaining, you know, the, to empower other communities, you have to empower your own organization to have those values of sustainability and resilience. And, yeah. and you said to me also something funny about like the founder syndrome. You said, it's a syndrome. I don't want it. I don't want to be... <laughs> I don't want to have a syndrome. Right. <laughs> That's, well, I think you're an amazing founder, uh, Jimena, and uh, Theo. And I, I know that I think you are leading with, you know, with amazing values. Everyone who comes across you loves you. And you inspire me and inspire everyone who knows you. I know that you've got um, messages from Rob. I'm going to read them out loud because I okay. think... Ah, before that, we have one question okay. from Julio before I read those because they are, they, those are ending remarks. So I'm not going to read them yet, but I'm going to ask the question from Julio. He says, why United for Change select Rotary Club La Paz San, uh, San Jorge, San Jorge. Jorge uh -huh. to work with the Global Grant? Well, that was um, a natural uh, feat for us. We, we had um, a great relationship with all the clubs and uh, we, you know, we uh, wanted to work with the, the one who really uh, aligned to, to the projects and who was ready to do it. And then, it, which is natural that that happened and, and they are the ones who, who were involved from the very beginning. Okay. So. That's, um, I hope that answers your question, Julio. So now I'm going to read what, um, what Bob said. He says, Jimena, our club and district are very proud of your active role as a Peace Fellow and deeply appreciative of your incredible support for several of our global grants. You are a hero and we're proud to have you as a partner. So thank you. <laughs> very sweet from Bob. Uh, Yale also shared. Uh, please share our thanks for today and the wonderful work of two remarkable women. Oh, that's for both of us. Aww. I love you both. We <laughs> <laughs> love you too, Yale. I mean, um, yeah, and I have to highlight that, um, you know, so there are great Rotarians in our lives who empower us as Beast Fellows to have resilience in our lives. And um, Yale um, has been one of of, of them for both Jimena and I that's something mm -hmm. that Jimena and I share as a, like a Rotarian who supported and supporting both of us um, is there any thoughts you want is there any comments you want to share with um, with your audience there's the attendees are the, like we've had the biggest number of attendees for our webinar uh, today mm -hmm. and they all stayed to hear you Jimena so you are absolutely inspiring to all of us. And I wonder if you wanna share a few words before we wrap this up. Thank you so much. And Reem, let me tell you that you're doing an amazing job uh, connecting, you know, and, and, and really promoting the work that we do. Uh, we're so, you know, all Rotary Peace Fellows are so humble. And the fact that you're giving a platform for all of us, uh, that means a lot. Um, and I really appreciate it. And for all the audience, thank you so much. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And I wish I could see everybody, you know, on the cameras, but uh, I have the feeling that, uh, you know, the, that you, you enjoy the, the conversation and, and you, can, you can please contact me and, and we can continue with the conversation. There's so many things happening, in the, in the, happening right now in the world, uh, happening here in the U.S. So we need each other. I think the message is that we are so connected now more than ever, you know, more than ever. And uh, this is this is the time where we have to, to be uh, together and strong and have that resilience in, in, in action. So that's that. And I really appreciate everybody. Thank you yeah, so much. Is there. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a pleasure and an honor to have you on, uh, to be on episode uh, four of the, our webinar. 
for everyone who is watching, our next webinar will host uh, Steve Kelly. Um, he was the founder of the Institute for Economics and Peace and the positive pillars that Jimena and I and other peace fellows around the world are pushing. So don't miss that one. Um, I also want to um, encourage you, if you like this webinar, to invite uh, more people to join the webinar, share the webinar, uh, spread the word, um, engage with the Rotarian Action Group for Peace with United for Change. We all need your participation. Peace is a system, it's um, an attitude, and it's a structure that we all put, uh, that requires all of our participation and our united ag agenda. Our agenda is to help the people who need it the most, and we all do it in our parts and in, in, in our um, ways. Um, we, um, I've, one of our board members, uh, Brian, he shared this um, amazing um, statement. He says, do your piece of peace. So I like to use that. So, <laughs> so let's, let's all of us do our piece of peace. And, um, and thank you, Jimena, for doing your piece. And I am just honored to be a little part of, of, of support for you. You don't, you, you know, I'm just humbled to be part of your journey as a friend and um, as a fellow and um, to have you on, on the webinar. So thank you thank so much. Thank you, Reem. Thank you. And I just, it was a pleasure. And today is a very special day. It's my dad's birthday. Oh. Uh, he passed away uh, a couple of, well, 80 years ago, but he's with us and, uh, I'm sure that, that he's watching us and, and thank you for, for choosing today. It was very special. Oh so. my gosh, Jimena, we need to celebrate uh, Jimena's dad's birthday. And I, I know it's your birthday. It was uh, on yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Yes, so happy birthday, Jimena. Thank and you. Please, everyone on the call, if you can type happy birthday for Jimena oh, and her father. Very sweet. Very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you Reem. My love and greetings, be safe, stay safe, and be healthy. Thank you. Oh, bye, All the love for you, Jimena. Take Thank care. you so much. Thank bye. you. Thank you.